Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, where New Memphis is celebrating our city by providing a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping the community. Good morning, Memphis. Welcome to your weekly Meanwhile in Memphis episode. I am Anna Mullins-Ellis, here with my teammate Christy Mullen. We are uh, coming to you from our organization, New Memphis. We are a local nonprofit that is working to make Memphis magnetic. We are working to empower, develop, and engage leaders across our community to make sure that we are intentionally shaping a better future for Memphis. That is a mouthful at 8 a.m., but (laughs) what I can promise you every week on this episode is that we are going to introduce you to some really cool, smart thoughtful, passionate people. Those who are, are all doing... amazing words. Yes. Well, <laughs> and they're all true. Uh, every week, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> who's coming in today? Um, so what we, we on this podcast and uh, radio program, we take some time to introduce you to an interview and really do a deep dive into, again, some, some leaders who are doing just really interesting and innovative work uh, in all corners of our community. So this week, uh, we have a real treat. Oh, uh, yes. We are bringing uh, – so every other week, as you, I hope, know, if you are a <laughs> devoted listener at this point, as we're, I don't know, five months into this yes. podcast, um, we do a, a revisit of a local TEDx talk. So TEDx Memphis is what it sounds like. We produce uh, just local TED Talks, TED, you know, TED Talks being – uh, ideas that inspire, um, ideas that provoke. People take the TED stage to give short talks that um, explore an idea, explore an issue. So we have a bank of those from the last five years. You can go to TEDxMemphis.com to listen and watch all of these talks. But we try to highlight at least one every uh, every other week. And this week, uh, we, are host- we are highlighting a TED Talk that was truly one that really resonated mm-hmm. strongly with me when I heard it back in the day. So Christy, tell us. Who is coming into the studio today? <laughs> now for the reveal. No, no, I'm like, I'm making it a big mystery. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, guys. On today's episode, we will have Shamichael Hallman with us. Um, he's here to talk, like Anna said, about his 2020 TED Talk, Reimagining the Public Library. Um, I'm very excited for this conversation because Shamichael is just, one, amazing. Um, I don't really know another word. That sounds like a very cliche word to call someone amazing, but he truly is. He is. Hearing his talk was just breathtaking last year. When we were able to gather back in February, Can you even imagine uh, it? before the world shut down. Um, but I'm very excited because I don't know about you, Anna, but I have feelings about the library. Did you like the library as a kid? Yes. And so I, I have a very personal relationship with libraries. <laughs> in some ways, like it's both like positive and negative because I think I spent a lot of I spent a lot of time in our school library, okay. which is sort of like a, a, a like a tiny kind of like quiet nook mm-hmm. of a place. I don't, you know, I assume that everyone's elementary school has this like little pocket library where, you know, there was like a woman who worked at our elementary school, like her job was to be a librarian. And like she and I were friends, <laughs> which was not at all cool. Um, and I like I would sort of like find you could pop in there at different moments. Um, but it was just such a I don't like. The things that I love the most are, like, how sacred the space feels, Mm -hmm. um, how – I love how a library is organized, whether it is, like, you know, your massive public library or your tiny school library. Like, the sort of categories Mm -hmm. of exploration I find fascinating as a kid. I'd be like – you know, I I am a fiction reader for the most part, even now as an adult. (laughs) Like, I – I, I feel like I have to, like, eat my vegetables, like, once or twice a year. You have and, like, to get into the, like, book. real stuff. But most of the time, yes, I also. 
Uh, yes, Live like books are my fiction. like other world escape. Um, but even as a kid, like I would sort of wander into the like science section or even like the like how to sort of self-help mm-hmm. section. Um, I feel like this evolved and this is so sad now that like in my like uh, teens, even early 20s, like bookstores became this kind yes. of like a place to hang that wasn't cool, but like felt a little bit cool. I felt very cool. Okay, um, with my fake coffee that wasn't coffee. That was just like steamed milk. Yes. So, <laughs> so, like, like coffee, nasty. Yeah. I was like, I will have a frappuccino. Like, now I'm like, please give me all the black coffee you can possibly yeah, I was like basically just like drinking me. a milkshake in the back of a bookstore, <laughs> yes. but it felt, you know, very, very French. Very <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell me about what. How much time in your life you spent <laughs> in libraries? I told you I had feelings. So I'm from a very small town in central Mississippi that no one can ever spell or pronounce, but it's called Kosciuszko. So if anyone's listening, Kosciuszko. please. Yes. Um, so we had, like you said, the little libraries within our school. So like how our schools were divided up, there was always a library for each one. Those were chill. Those were great. Loved those. Spent so much time in them. Then there was the public library. Kosciuszko <laughs> Public Library. Ooh. It was like this adventure that I had to like convince my mom to take me to. Because, you know, now that I'm older, I understand why parents act like it's like such an act to stop somewhere after work. Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to do anything after work. And I'm like, I get it, mom. I get it now. But sometimes she would like, you know, she would do it for me and she would stop and she would let me go in the library. And I had like this feeling of excitement. But also, I was always terrified of the public library. That's fair. And I think it was just because it was, at the time, it seemed so large when you're younger. And I would feel like I would get lost in, like, the books. But I was also, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. There was a movie starring a very, very, very young Macaulay Culkin called Page Master. <laughs> I've not seen this movie. <laughs> it's a, I, I think... No, it may not. I don't know if it's Disney or not. I don't think so. Sorry <laughs> if it's not Disney. We'll um, do our research for next week. We'll I, follow I back up on Page Master and its director. I, I, and first of all, you producers. need to watch this, yeah. and then that will be our next episode. It's just dedicated <laughs> to like – but it's like he. it's a real movie, so it's like a human movie, not a cartoon. And he goes into this library, and he like – something happens. He like falls, hits his head, whatever. And then it becomes like an animated movie, and he like meets these books, and there's horror, romance – an adventure and they like take him on this like journey but like it's kind of scary as a kid like <laughs> it's like adventure opens up and like moby dick is like shooting out of the pages and you're just like ah, i don't know what's happening and you know now that you're like <laughs> describing this i feel like i have seen it you probably have like i feel like every kid has but i've i've very you like blocked it out. <laughs> yeah like. but that was part like when i was younger like younger like i was like the books there's so many adventures i don't know what to choose and so i got overwhelmed because I was always so excited. And also, I don't know about your library, like the public library, but I think all of them had this option. You can rent movies. Yeah. So I rented so many good things. So many. <laughs> like the Chipmunks World Adventure. Hottest soundtrack still to this day. Is that where they're on the hot air balloon? Yes. Yeah, that was my jam too. Thank you. See? That's like I would rent it there all the time now. I bought it on Amazon maybe not too many years ago. But I know. Well, see, this it's is something like, about libraries. And I think this is really apropos to – Shemichael's talk and yes. what I hope we discuss uh, today is, you know, I think when we, based on this conversation, when we talk about <laughs> libraries, it feels very I told you I had a lot of feelings. <laughs> and historic. And of course, you know, the moment where you get a library card as a kid felt when I was young, yes. like a really momentous, like, well, I'm not old enough to drive, but I'm old enough to have a library card and to be accountable for this. And 
Um, it was, again, sort of like a safe place, an escape. And obviously the world is evolving and we probably don't go rent movies from the library yeah. anymore um, because of the multitude of streaming services yes. that are fighting for my attention and money. Um, and they all win somehow. Well, and again, <laughs> just at a time in, you know, where it's just it, hard. It, it is so easy to download a book or to listen to a book. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think what's so fascinating about the work that Shemichael and his colleagues are doing in our Memphis libraries and at the Cossett Library in particular yes. is thinking about what what place libraries have in contemporary America, what place they what role they play in place making mm -hmm. and what role they play in community building. And, you know, the one thing that whether it's, again, in your small school or, you know, in your sort of public square of a public library is libraries are open and you you can anybody can come in and access. And I remember sitting in our school library and like teachers coming in and mm -hmm. looking for books or you know, kids of all, you know, I was in second grade, but this kid's in sixth grade. And it was just a place where you sort of organically engage with people and run into people. And again, it's sort of a place where you can both be alone and be preserved and protected, but you're also in your community, like in yes, a very visceral way. Yes, you found that way. sense of community. It's an introvert's dream. Yeah, no, tr <laughs> like, truly. I was I like, mean, that is excellent. Like, I have like so many beautiful memories of like, I don't know. I always just assume that what happened in my elementary school was like universal. Mm -hmm. And the older I get, I'm like, that's not the right assumption. Um, but in my school. <laughs> you're growing. It's great. Like, every Like a couple of times every year, the library would be home to, um, they would bring in this like, um, what is, what in the, like, this like inflatable bubble. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, and that's well, a whole like, different conversation. The book fair <laughs> is what, like that. Gosh, oh my gosh, man, I would save so much, like so much money. I'd be like six dollars. <laughs> I was like always thinking about that. But they would bring in. Um, why can't I think of the word for uh, a planetarium? But it was oh. like a sort of mobile, like it was basically like a little igloo. Like a little solar system type of? Well, it was like, I, I think it was probably just like a tarp, like to be completely <laughs> honest. But it, you would like use like a jet, like you would blow it up sort of like like you would with like a bounce house. Yeah. And you would crawl in and there would be, you know, like a lamp in the middle and they would. Oh, no, my library did not have that. See, like I, I described amazing. this. This was like a very formative part of my youth where I was like, I've never felt happier or safer <laughs> than I do in this little. Little <laughs> my little stars <laughs> in the library. <laughs> I love that. At any rate, I've always like I think that the sort of like core of a library and the ethic of why we had them and why we still need them mm -hmm. is that they are essential community meeting spots. Yes. And you know, when I think of our Memphis library, especially our central library, you know, you walk in and there are people at, like organizations that are meeting, there are, you know, students doing research, there are people just there enjoy like people, you know, on computer, like and it, so it, it has really expanded beyond mm -hmm. just a way to access books, yes. although I think that's obviously still like a fundamental yes. part of it. And, you know, I'm proud to say that I think our Memphis library system, and again, Shermichael and his team at the Cossett Library, have just taken the idea of what a library was and just been dreaming big for what it can be and what role it can play in a community. And thinking of a library less is sort of like an insular place and more of like a, again, like a public square, yes. even the way that we talk about like public parks, like meeting spaces, I think, um, you know, they've just really, I think, broken the mold and reshaped it in a way that is really exciting. So. They've made libraries cool. Like, I feel like it's like, <laughs> yeah, make libraries cool. if we hadn't made cool, it clear the libraries like, were very cool. Yeah. Uh, if you, I mean, if you've seen us, we are very cool people in our elementary days, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that was the height of my coolness, I'm like, sure. <laughs> Um, but that's all of that you just said, like, 
it really sets the like precipice for Sir Michael to come and join us. And I'm very excited. He'll be here in just a minute. So we'll get started when he gets here. Transform your city with New Memphis Fellows. Are you mid-career professional with a passion for transforming your community? Let New Memphis amplify your service. The New Memphis Fellows Program is a leadership development experience for mid-career leaders. Designed for high-performing professionals already excelling in their careers and positively impacting our community. New Memphis will magnify your impact. Through the Fellows Experience, you will gain concrete resources to aid in our city's progress. Apply today. Visit newmemphis.org for more information. All right, so Michael Hallman is here with us. He currently serves as the manager of the historic Cosset Library that is right here in Memphis. Thank you for being with us today, Shamichael. Good to be here. How are you? I'm very excited to have you here. So I am great. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Um, so right out of the gate, I feel like I have a very important question for you. What's it like working at a library? Like, I need to know. I know that's like the most <laughs> basic question in the world. But like, as a book nerd myself, I'm like, I need I need to know. Like, what is it? What is oh, it wow. like going to work at the library? You know, it's, it's an <laughs> awesome place. Um, so much coolness happens at the library you know there are first off i think it's one of the best places that people watch right? this is, this <laughs> is a little bit of everyone that's coming through <laughs> coming through the library um and it's and it's really great to be able to serve people in you know a lot of ways i mean you right. know we do all sorts of things you know we help people create resumes apply for jobs um learn new skills find new books right <laughs> Um, and so that process, it's something different every day, you know, it, yeah. it, and that's, I think that's part of the fun. It keeps it exciting for you every day. You don't feel like, a, I feel like libraries have this bad, like, rep of being <laughs> like these stagnant, like, boring places. And we had like a big conversation before you got here about like what libraries meant to us and like how, no, they're like this source of like adventure. If you just know like what you're going for and like community, as you said, um, I was actually having a funny conversation with a friend the other day, and she was like, she would kill me, so I'll leave her name out of this. Um, but she was like, you know, I wish there was like a place you could rent books, like a Netflix <laughs> for books. And, and I was I just paused, and I was like, okay. Um, She's like, you know, just so you didn't have to buy them all the time. I was like, that's a library. Right, right. And like, I feel like people just don't utilize this resource we have available to us and they don't for some reason it just seems like people just forget like this exists like the libraries exist for your use why do you think that is and like how do you think we can combat that oh gosh i think there there's a lot a lot of reasons right <laughs> give I mean, them all to me please <laughs> um you know some of the reasons that i've discovered is that you know people just have choices now yeah right and you know, a, a lot of the reasons why people thought they might need a library, um, you know, they've got high-speed internet at home now. Right. They've got tablets and devices. People are consuming e-books, right? Um, no, not no. I. I'm a firm <laughs> believer in I need it you in my hand. Right? You can't smell an e-book, Michael. <laughs> right, you can't, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think some of it is libraries, right? You know, yeah. I think, you know, libraries, um, libraries do a very good job of serving the people they serve. Yes. Right. And I think there's opportunities to think very deeply about, well, who aren't we serving? Who isn't coming right. through the door? And, you know, what might we do to encourage that? And so that's some of the work that we've been engaged in. A thousand percent. And that's kind of leads into excellently to what you kind of 
did for your TED Talk. So Shamichael is actually here with us, as we talked about earlier, um, to kind of delve into the TED Talk he gave back in 2020. And you talked so much about how libraries have the capability to be so much more. Um, and I know Cosset Library, the library you work for, yeah. you guys were going undergoing back in 2020 a multi-million dollar renovation. Um, where are you guys at with that? Um, I know COVID has probably impacted you guys. So I'm like, give me, give me the scoop. What's happening? Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, this library, I, I, I want to like start a book that says, and then COVID hit. <laughs> Exactly. And, then, and, just let, and just let people come in and just write it's just their like own story. People's stories. <laughs> right? I love that. I think you would have a hit on your hands, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a little bit of what happened, you know. Um, COVID hit, and and we had to make some pivots, right? Yeah. And then that also, is like the keyword pivot, right? We had to pivot. Right? <laughs> and then you know, I mean, Casa is a, is a, is a you know the original structure dates back to the 1890s. Mm-hmm. Um, the structure that we're working on dates back to the 50s, right? And, and people erected buildings much differently 70 years right. ago than they do now. <laughs> and you find out that, you know, hey, you can't do that with a gas line anymore. You can't yeah. do that with <laughs> the way you put tiles down. Um, so <laughs> we have things some, you don't think about <laughs> right, when you're, like, right. having to go through these. <laughs> right. Uh, but we're close. You know, I think, um, you know, uh, we're probably right now looking at a, a late March, uh, okay. early April opening. Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, we still have to kind of think about what does it look like to reopen Yes. A branch that was supposed to be high touch, you right. know, in a, in the age of COVID, and so you know we're still kind of grappling with that. And what does it look like to you know to move some of that virtually and still find ways to impact the community? Awesome. Well, what are some things people can expect from this new and improved? Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's I want um, all the scoops, Michael. That's why you're here. <laughs> I need all the deets. Uh, so you know, we're able to do this project. Um, we were able to do this project in large part because uh, of a larger initiative, a, right. a national initiative called Reimagine the Civic Commons. Okay. Uh, which uh, is funded by some really great foundations: JPB, Knight Foundation, Rockefeller, Kresge. Um, and the goal there was to really, um, you know, reimagine the way that we uh, build, um, manage, maintain public spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our parks, our libraries, our community centers. Um, and, and there are a couple of goals that are there, right? And so one of those goals is, is social economic mixing. So, mm-hmm. you know, the degree to which on any given day, any given program, there's a wide variety of, of people that are coming in the building, right? Um Another one is civic engagement, you know, right? So, you know, how might we use public spaces to encourage people to uh, be informed about what's happening in government, to, you know, volunteer in their community? Um, and so a lot of the things that we have, um, you know, built and, you know, we kind of working to achieve some of those outcomes. And so what people can expect, you know, when they pull up as you drive down Front Street, we're at 33 South Front Street, or kind of right at the corner of Front and Monroe. Yeah. Across from the law school You're pretty there. close to the new Memphis pretty, office can, over there on right Front. Get y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as you drive down Front Street, you know, I think that the first thing that you're going to see is this really beautiful courtyard. Yeah, we've just put these really um, interesting steps that bring you right into the middle of the courtyard and there'll be some green space where you can come and just kind of hang out in this yeah. courtyard. There's lots of great seating. There'll be strong Wi-Fi, you know, so you think about uh, the, one, of, one of the things I love about Cotsit is on both ends of, of, of the of the library, on the south end, on the north end, there are these really beautiful trees that have been mm-hmm. there for long and they provide just great shade, right? Um, and so you're going to be able just to hang out in this courtyard, you know, and to, to read a book, to uh, scroll through uh, <laughs> uh, your phone, to do some people watching, to have a meal. Um, and it's just going to be a good place to hang out, right? Yeah. And then once you make it on the inside, 
I think what you're going to notice and what we hope that you notice is this. Hey, this doesn't feel like the library I grew up in, right? We want right. to encourage from the moment you walk in, uh, people to be talking and having conversation, right? <laughs> this is not just a... Yes, the you know, shush mentality yeah, we is out of here. We don't, <laughs> We're not. We don't want they want you to come in and hang out and have fun, right? Um, and so to that, you know, we've added a cafe, right? Oh, we'll be the first awesome. branch in the city that has a cafe. In, and, uh, you know, we're looking for an operator right now. But um, we think that that has a really great opportunity to, you know, have seasonal fare, mm -hmm. salads, sandwiches, that sorts of thing. So we want you to come in, grab something to eat, grab something to drink, uh, meet some friends, have some conversation. But we also recognize that, you know, people do come in the library for quiet time, right? Yeah. They need to unplug sometimes. They need to study sometimes. They it's need like to have meetings. It's like your happy place to just right. be still <laughs> right. for a second. <laughs> and so we do have we do have some private meeting spaces okay. for that, right? To accommodate awesome. that. Um, and then up on the second floor, uh, we've got three really, really this cool spaces. This is only spaces. the first floor, this guys. Is the first now floor. we're getting to the second floor. <laughs> really cool space on the second floor. We've got, number one, um, a performance space. Oh, cool. Um, and, you know, we're looking at right now, you know, how do we create a model by which, you know, artists and, 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 and musicians and theatrical companies can use this space in a way that, you know, helps them advance their work, yeah. but also allows us to serve the community, right? So everything that we do in a library, you know, libraries are founded on free and open access to the yes. to, you know to knowledge and information right so everything that we do there's not going to be a charge um so we got this performance space which we you know envision a lot of cool things happening companies having meetings uh retreats uh, corporate gatherings but also you know performances of all sorts right you know dance and all all really really cool things and then we've got um a co-working space that you know, libraries have always been co-working spaces, right? I mean, yeah. people come like do work all the time, but there'll be a space for you to come and actually actually like have create more collaboration. Yeah, to have collaboration. So we've got you know whiteboards and smart boards and tag boards and all sorts of things. Really, really great coffee and <laughs> just a place where it feels like creativity thrives, yeah. right? And then lastly, we've got um, two studio spaces. Um, and one is an audio side, and so you know maybe a podcast, yeah. maybe a light indie album. Um, and then there's a video and photography side. And, and you think about all the things that you need to be able to do this to right. create, uh, you know, equipment, hardware, software, all this stuff's going to be available to you. I am just like taken aback. <laughs> like, I know you touched on some of yeah. this in your actual talk that we'll yeah. hear later. Yeah. But like to hear you talk about it now and talk about how close you guys are to opening your doors. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, like, and we will have books as well, right? And that's obviously the question. Right? Are you going to have any books, right? And we have the books, library so. will, in fact, have books, <laughs> we'll guys. Have books. Um, and, 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 and we're hoping to add a couple of interesting things. You know, one is um, kind of an African-American interest uh, that really kind of focuses on civil rights, right? And, mm -hmm. we, you know, there, there's, you know, Cossett wouldn't be Cossett without um, the civil rights struggle, right? right. I mean, you know. Um, and then we'll have another collection that's more social justice movement, just more broadly, you know, to talk yeah. about other movements. And so there's going to be a lot of just, you know, your popular fiction, nonfiction books, but also some special things, too. I think this is so exciting because, you know, libraries are these public assets. They are like the there are these places that have the unique opportunity to kind of just like bridge like socioeconomic status. Yeah. So yeah. you guys are really you're making what makes me so excited is you're making these assets accessible to the greater public. And I think it's just a unique opportunity that you haven't really seen, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, um, and, and this goes, you know, I think, you know, I, I always try to let people know, hey, this is not my vision. This right. is not, you know, there, there, there are a You're lot a of other people. You're a key player I, in the vision, <laughs> though, Shemichael. There, there, there are so many other people, you know, who live downtown and work downtown, 
who have, you know, um, you know, thought about this and, and, and mm-hmm. really worked. And then our library leadership, city government. Um, but yeah, you know, we really are working to, to, to create the sort of environment where people come together, right? We don't, we're not going to make anybody, you know, be friends with each right. other. But what we feel like is that, hey, you know, if you come to this place and you, and, and, and you hang out and you feel welcome, um, you know, maybe you came by yourself, but there's this really interesting program. Maybe it was something, maybe it was sewing or knitting, or maybe you right. were learning a new skill, right? And, and, and you get in this program and there are lots of other people there and, you know, y'all are interacting with each other. Maybe at the end when you leave, you say, hey, well, my name is, mm-hmm. I'll see you next time, right? <laughs> you know, and, you, and, you've, and you've, you've, you've done something, yeah. there, right? You, you, you've created the opportunity for interaction that may otherwise not happen. Yeah, you enter yeah. the doors alone, but you leave with a sense of community, which right. I think is a beautiful message. And just, it also makes people that may be feeling more alone have a place to call like a home away from home almost. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're so passionate when you talk about this work. So it like brings me into the topic of your TED Talk. (laughs) So like you're basically reimagining the public library system in your TED Talk. But let's take it back to the beginning. Like how did you feel when you were approached to give a TED Talk? Um, Like did you know exactly like, yes, I'm going to talk about libraries or were you just kind of like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I mean, well, I, first I was nervous as heck, <laughs> man. Like, I was, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think you know, I always wanted to. I knew, I knew, I always wanted to to give all I had to this project, yeah. and I felt like, hey, if I can use this opportunity to, um, you know, highlight the ways in which libraries are making a difference in the community, and try to maybe just get libraries on the minds of people who maybe haven't thought yes. about it before, like the uh, people who are like, where can you write books? Well. <laughs> Let me tell you, the library <laughs> right. exists for this reason. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know that's that's not surprising. Right? I mean, I, I you know I, I think you know one of the cool things since we have been closed, one of the cool things that have been uh, is, is I've been able to kind of research the history of Casa. Yeah. Um, and there have been kind of repeated calls to, to, to just close the place. You know, hey man, it doesn't you know it doesn't really serve any need here. Yeah. Um, and for us to be you know at this place where we're about to transform this, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I tell people. You know, think about your favorite city, you know, wherever you like to go and travel outside of Memphis, you know. Um, there's a good chance that 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 if you go downtown in whatever your favorite city is, there's going to be a cool library. Yeah. Right? And to me, that sends a message. You know, they're, they're, I think there are people that may come to Memphis and never go outside of downtown. Maybe they're just here for mm-hmm. a day or so. But they have opportunity to come into the Costa Library and say, hey, man, you know what, Memphians – it's a cool library, man. Those people really dig. I mean, next time we let's see if we can maybe check out another library, right? I think it just sends a message to outsiders that 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 it's a cool place. And I think it sends a message to people in the community that hey, you know, we care about these spaces, and this is what happens when we fund these spaces uh, appropriately. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of just had the perfect linear line of like you're passionate about this thing. There's this huge project coming up. So your TED topic just kind of came to you, it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> you're one of the lucky ones. It just presented itself to you. It was still, it was still a challenge, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. I, I like the, you're <laughs> such a charismatic person, and I know you're super involved in the community. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know, like, were you nervous at all to get on that stage? Like, because uh, I would be, yeah. I was, I talk to our TED people all the time and I'm like, I would freak out. Like, I don't know what would happen. It would Gosh. just be me going on stage, pass out, done. In, That's my TED talk. Thank <laughs> you for yeah. coming. Yeah. You know, it's, um, uh, when, when you step on stage and you see those lights, it, it, it just, uh, you know, it, 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 it messes you up. <laughs> it plays yeah. with you a little bit. But, you know, for me, luckily, I mean, I, I grew up in a really, really small town in Alabama. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, I grew up in the church. Okay. Right? And so my parents made sure that, you know, youth Sundays or whatever it was, like, you got to get up and 
say your Easter speech, you know, <laughs> on this Easter day, you know. Did you have to memorize yours, though? We had to like, memorize. you're not allowed to read from the book, like, <laughs> no. every Christmas cantata, Christmas program. It's like, you got to, like, I just, um, that's why I have such a great memory <laughs> right. now. I owe it to my time growing up religious because I'm like, I had to memorize passages that were like 5,000 miles long and just (laughs) don't use a book because that's not allowed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that stuff prepares you, right? That stuff helps you out a little bit. See, your upbringing, everything brought you to this moment, all the great work you do. (laughs) I think this is the perfect segue, guys, to launch into Shamichael's TED Talk. And so let's get right into it. This is Shamichael Hallman's 2020 TEDx Memphis Talk, Reimagining the Public Library to Reconnect the Community. Some of my fondest uh, memories as a child involved public libraries. As a introverted, highly sensitive kid, libraries were a safe space, a sanctuary. Uh, in libraries, I could always find a welcoming librarian who would help me find a great book or point me to the right reference uh, material so I could finish a report. Um, they also pointed me to uh, some really, really great resources. One of the first uh, books that I began to love as a child was a children's novel called Encyclopedia Brown, (laughs) uh, which uh, told the exploits of a young boy detective. And I think one of the reasons why the book fascinated me so much because it was the first time I'd ever met a white guy named Leroy. (laughs) 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 Uh, But libraries were such such cool places, right? I mean, there there was access to computers. There was access to other technology. There were lots of clubs and things that I could take a part of. And one of the amazing things were all the programs that were offered after school and on the weekends, uh, things around arts, things around science, things around math. These uh, programs provided a really valuable opportunity for me to meet people that I might otherwise never meet. Um, And through these interactions, I could understand that the people who were a part of these programs, that we had a lot of things in common, that we had a lot of the same interests in common. I think that's one of the powers of public spaces, that it gives us the ability to interact and meet people Uh, that we might not meet. Uh, It's been long understood that social cohesion uh, develops through repeated interactions, uh, through shared experiences with each other. Uh, The way in which we uh, learn about each other, the way in which we know about each other, the the way that we feel about each other is often shaped by the experiences that we have together. Quite frankly, though, what we discover and what we see is that these interactions are not happening. Uh, We are, in fact, isolating ourselves separating ourselves along almost every category. And I believe that it's time to change that. And I believe that social uh, public spaces, our our parks, our libraries, our community centers, have a tremendous ability to do that. This work is deeply important to me. One of the reasons why is this. There are some moments that, that define you, some moments that just shape you, things that you just never forget. One of those moments came for me in the spring of 2019. I got to have a conversation with a woman named Grace. Grace, uh, in the spring of 1960, took a kind of a fateful trip to a library with a few friends and some college classmates. Story goes, and uh, the the reports show that uh, when Grace and her friends got to this library, they were not rude. They were not rowdy, that they, 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 they entered the library quite calmly, just looking to be served. However, merely upon entering the library, the librarians there informed them of the segregation laws and called the police. Within a few moments of the police being called, 
Grace and her friends were arrested and placed in jail. A reporter came by the next day and asked the librarian why she had called the police on Grace and her friends. And the librarian's response was not that they were rude or loud or obnoxious. The reason why the police were called was because Grace and her friends were Negroes. Wonder if we might sit with that for a minute. I'm in awe of that conversation because 57 years later, I became the manager of the branch in which that happened. And I remember looking Miss Grace in the eyes and saying, Miss Grace, if it had not been for what you did as an 18-year-old college student, I now as a black man couldn't manage this branch. And I made a commitment to Grace. I made, I made a, a, a pact with Miss Grace that as long as I was serving as the manager of that space, that we would do everything that we could to make that space as inclusive as possible. And here's how we're going to do it. When you think about the word library, uh, what word immediately comes to mind? I took an unofficial poll while I was doing an outreach event, and some really interesting answers came, right? Some people said technology. Some people said computers. Most people said books. <laughs> I think that's what most of us would say, right? Uh, but for the purpose of this talk, I'd like for us to exchange the word books for another word. Listen, I have nothing against books. I, there are probably 100 books in my house right now that every time I walk in the door, they look at me saying, read me, read me, read me. <laughs> For the purpose of this conversation, I wonder if we might change the word books for the word bridge. There are two bridges in the city that get you across the mighty Mississippi and into the state of Arkansas. One of those bridges, the Harahan Bridge, has a couple of uh, spaces for cars, a couple of spaces for trains, and then one space for, for pedestrian. And if you've never walked across that great, that big river crossing, I would highly encourage you to do so. It, it's a wonderful trip to make. But each year, thousands of people, by foot, by bike, by scooter, take the trip across the Mississippi into Arkansas. And it takes them that they're able to see places and things that they otherwise never would see. And that's the beauty of bridges. I believe our public spaces, again, our, our parks, our libraries, our community centers, have the opportunity to serve as a bridge to introduce us to people that we might not otherwise see. In the spring of 2017, I assumed the managing role of Cossett Library. It is a historic library. It's the city's first library. So much history is in this library. And we began to think about what it would take to reimagine this historic branch. Much of this work is rooted in a national initiative called Reimagine the Civic Commons which is a national project happening in many cities across the country that is focused on public spaces. And at the heart, we are asking ourselves, how might we look differently at public spaces in the way that we design them, in the way that we manage them, 
in the way that we program them, in the way that we maintain them. And some fascinating data is popping up all across the country. I spent some of these years traveling to different cities and trying to, trying to just learn as much as I can about libraries, how they function, how they operate. And what I'm discovering is that, is that the story is, is, is kind of the same no matter where you are, whether it's Seattle or San Francisco, whether it's Chicago or Detroit, whether it's Philadelphia or Akron, or even in Africa where I've been able to see libraries in Kampala and Nairobi. The question is the same, the, the, the issue is the same, that the libraries are realizing that they must make some pivots. Now there are all types of people who come in libraries, people who are coming to use the computer, there are people who are coming to get out of the elements, there are people who are coming to, for a story time program with their child. And the library must and, and continue to, to meet those needs. But the library should also begin to thinking about other ways that we can meet new needs uh, that our community has. And I believe one of those most pressing needs is to provide a space where people from all walks of life, incomes, ethnicities, can have a place to gather. We're doing this work now at Cossett Library, uh, thanks to uh, the Reimagine the Civic Commons grant, but thanks to some state and local grants. We're doing this as a team, so uh, it's not just myself. We've got uh, architects and designers, we've got uh, city employees, we've got great volunteers who are downtown. We're kind of collaboratively doing this. And here's how this is gonna play out. So I want you to just kind of, just kind of imagine when we walk with me, we're, we're expected to reopen this branch uh, in October of this year. Here's a little bit of what you'll see. As you walk down to 33 South Front Street, uh, you, you will immediately notice that there are a variety of, of trees that offer a lot of shade. You will see various colorful plantings that invite you into the courtyard. Uh, upon walking into the courtyard, you're gonna see a, a, a variety of comfortable seating that is uh, accessible to people of all ages and mobilities. To the left, you'll see a great piece of public art that'll be a, show, show a nice a mockingbird coming out of the ground. To the left of that, you'll see a wonderful green space where we'll have a variety of outdoor activities, yoga, tai chi, outdoor readings, and it'll be a wonderful place just for you to hang out on a Saturday afternoon. Upon walking in the inside, as you look, as you look to the right, you'll see a cafe space. Yeah, we'll, we're putting a cafe in a library. What about that, right? that'll serve a variety of fresh uh, seasonal food. Uh, uh, from there, if you look to the left, you'll see a vibrant children's space filled with all types of books that we'll use to engage our children. And not just that, but there's also gonna be uh, study rooms, private meeting spaces for you to be able to do your work and your study and your gathering. And we're doing that because of this. There's a tradition kind of in the libraries that when you walk in the library, you gotta, gotta talk like this we want to shatter that. We want that the moment you walk into the library, that it's a welcoming space. And that when you see somebody you haven't seen in a while, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, that it's okay to talk to them, right? As you walk up on the second floor, there's gonna be a variety of things that you're gonna see. To the right, you're gonna see a performing arts space, 
a flexible multi-use space that will be able to do uh, dance classes and, and acting classes, film screenings, corporate gatherings, places for you and your business or your company to meet. And not just that, we're gonna have a co-working space because co-working is, is big in our economy, but we recognize that everyone doesn't have access to that. And so we're gonna have a space that has lockable storage and a space that has equipment for you to be able to get your business or your creative endeavor off the ground. And not just that, but we're gonna also add recording spaces, two recording spaces, one audio side, one video side. All you aspiring home musicians, we got a space for you. Come and record your project with us. Come and produce your next uh, creative work with us. Because here's the thing, all of the equipment that you need the laptops, the cameras, the camcorders, the microphones, the mixers, we'll have it all. Your library card gets you there. All of this creates a space, all of this creates a space, a, a vibrant community space, a vibrant technology space, a vibrant cultural space where we will be able to celebrate all that we are. And I hope that you will join us. Now listen, everything that I have told you thus far involves you consuming all the wonderful things that we have. But I believe if this is going to actually work the way I think it can work, it's gonna require two things of you. The first thing is that it will ask of you to contribute just as much as you consume. See, libraries are very kind of consumeristic, right? We go, we get our books, we leave. We go, we go to the program, we leave. We go, we use the, we use the computer, we leave. But I'm asking you to contribute to the, the fabric of the, of the library. And that may look like you just bringing a friend when you come to the program. That might be you arriving a few minutes early to help set up or break down. That might be you calling the library and say, hey, I have a gift. I have a skill, I play the guitar, I know how to code, I know how to do taxes, I know how to set business skills up, and I would love to maybe once a month help the community with the skill that I have. See, when we do that, we're on to something. The second thing that it's gonna require, I think this is the most important thing, is for you to offer belonging instead of othering. Here's the thing that we've learned, if there's nothing else that we've learned from Kossett, the history of Kossett, is the danger that happens when one people group decides that another people group is not worthy of a public space. And so what I would ask of you, when you walk in this library and you see people who think a little bit different than you, and you see people who have a different religious belief than you. And you see people who have a different sexual orientation than you. And you see people who, who, have, who have a different worldview than you, that you would not other them, but you would invite them into a beautiful community where we all can gather, where we all can share, where we all can learn. Listen, y'all, we're doing something special in downtown Memphis with this library. It is a model for the nation to see. And I, and I think what, what I'm most excited about is not that I'm leading it, but that us together are gonna make it special. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're back, and you just heard Shawn Michaels' TED Talk, which is just an inspirational talk, and when you hear it, you just take a pause because he causes you to think about so many things, especially within the library system. You just, 
honestly, in a way that opens up your mind and perspectives. Um, Shamichael, you open talking about how as an introvert, some of your fondest memories involve libraries. Um, yeah. As an introvert myself, <laughs> I can relate. I was talking to someone on a podcast before about how, like, I feel like my over time, like, my introversion has grown to, like, I'll either just step back or I talk too much. Like, I get, I'm, like, trying to just get all my thoughts out there so there's not an awkward yeah. call. Yeah, I got you. Um, but, like, you notice when you would go to the library, you would find people with, like, similar interests and groups with similar passions. Um, and it kind of gave you community. Is that really where your love for the library started was from that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the little town that I grew up in didn't have a library. Yeah. Oh. Um, but but the town next door. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm from a very small town as well, but we did have a library. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but, the, but, the, but the town, uh, you know, the town over, I uh, did have one. And um, – and 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 sometimes my parents would would drop me off there on a Saturday while they were doing you know other you know grocery shopping right. or whatever, and I got to just kind of hang out in that place. Um, and it really you know I was a comic book nerd, and so they had comics. I think they were ahead of their time in that they had comics. <laughs> um, I was about to say I don't know that mine did, or I might I might have not just been looking for yeah. this. <laughs> um, but it was this place that really kind of, you know, it was like, okay, here's my tribe, you know, here mm-hmm. are people that, um, you know, are, are, are learning new things. Here are people that are checking out really cool books and, you know, researching, you know, papers and stuff. And, um, and, and, and yeah, it, it, that really kind of started to sit, to cement in me like, Hey man, this, this is a special place. You know, I, of course at that time I didn't know how libraries were funded right. or all that stuff, but it's just like, this is a cool place. And then, you know, throughout school and in undergrad, you know, you just like, Hey, you go to the library to, to knock the, you know, to knock it out, to get some, right. to get some work done. And so it's always been a really special place in my life. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's cool to me when people have turned like these special places to them and like these sacred places they have and then they turn that into their passion and their career. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you've done that. It's like a rare thing when people are able to do that, but you have. Yeah. It's so a blessing. I was about to say, I can only yeah. imagine like how good that feels. Yeah, it, it's a blessing. Yeah, I mean, it really is to be able to get up and, and really not only do something that you love, yeah. but to also do something that you can see can have just a clear impact in the community, right? Yes. Um, and like yeah. speaking of that impact, you bring up in your TED Talk the story of Miss Grace and talk about her arrest. Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of want to, like, talk to you a little bit more about that. Like, how did you feel the first time hearing that story? You know, it was, gosh, it was, I mean, like, I I had I had heard the story when I came, when I, when I took the job, you right. know, as people were telling me about the history of the place. Uh, but it wasn't until about, I guess, maybe a year and a half in that I started meeting and for people who don't know, I mean, you know, Cossett, you know, there, there was the black people have very limited to no access to Cossett, right? There, there was actually the erection of a whole nother branch down the street with the, the Vance Avenue branch, was, which was for the, it was the Negro branch, right? Oh. Um, and so what happened was there were a group of, you know, over a period of time in the 60s, early 60s, there were a group of late 50s, early 60s, a group of students, you know, uh, college students, young people who demanded, you know, uh, access to this place. Yes. Um, and that led to, uh, uh, you know, a trial that led to the desegregation of the library system. Um, and I remember the first time that I saw a group of these. The library has this um, wonderful event that the, the main library has this wonderful event they do every year called Bookstock, where it's like, you know, this festival of local authors. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, acknowledging um, these students. And you know, I said, man, this, you know, I mean, I had read about their stuff and I had right. seen the, you know, the press clippings. 
Um, but to be able to, you know, be face to face with these people to say, hey, man, this is you, know, you did something and you were just asking for equal rights. Well, that's what you know, you were just looking for right. equality. Right. But because of what you did in 1960, like I can as a black man, I can I can manage this branch, you know, and I, I can help give direction to this branch. It's it's a humbling thing, you know, to know that. I mean, you literally are standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes. And yeah. you're like coming face to face with that history. So like I can't even imagine. I mean, obviously I'm a white person, but like I can't imagine like coming face to face with the people who made that change and like how that has impacted you, you know, like yeah. that's a very powerful thing. And like I remember when I heard you reference the story in your TED talk, like I did some more research on my own and I was just like It's powerful. I just it's very like yeah, I just literally had to take a pause and be like, this is like like you, I mean, you put it perfectly. Yeah. Like standing on the shoulder of giants. That yeah. honestly, I couldn't think of a better way. Yeah, it's it's, it's powerful. It, it's it's humbling, and it, it's you know, each day you you say, okay, well, you can't mess this up, right? We can't. Yeah. I mean, we got to get this thing right. <laughs> we got to keep know? it going. Yeah, yeah we got to keep it going. It's right. been like a good, I think, fifty-seven years between that experience and like you sitting now where you sit. Yeah. With cost, like. What changes have you, like, between that time and now? Like, I know there's change that's happened, but we still have a way to, like, sure, how sure. Do, you, how, do you feel okay talking about that? And, like, yeah, I think, you know, just the, the, the power of what, of what libraries can be. You know, number one, you now have, you know, branches, you know, all throughout the city, you know, uh, in neighborhoods. And uh, you've got, you know, these wonderful people who manage these locations. You know, we've got 18 locations who just manage these locations and, you know, just, are just running very innovative programming, you know, yes. I mean, doing things for kids and teens and adults. Um, I think just the the, the, the ability there, I, you know, I, I have this really, one of the stories that just always sticks with me, right before we closed our doors, there was a gentleman who came into the branch at Cossett and uh, he just got laid off. He lost his job. He was, he was working a construction job, mm-hmm. right? And he said, uh, he said, hey, a friend told me that this hotel down the street is hiring, and you know, but I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Uh, uh, and it's an older, older black guy. Mm-hmm. He said, "Can you help me? Uh, you know, figure out about find out about this job." And so we said, "Yeah, let's go over here to the you know computer." And we sat down, and we pull up the hotel. We find the job and say, "Okay, well, you got to have an online account, right?" Yeah. Um, he says, "Well, I, I don't know how to do it. Can you help me?" So yeah, let's let's do. It. I said, "What's your email?" He said, "I don't I don't know what's an email, right?" Yeah. And so you know, we sign him up for an email. You, you know, get him an email account. We log in. We discover he's got to have a resume. And I said, "Well, you do have a resume." He says, "No, I, I don't. I don't have that either." I said, "Okay, well, let's let's just start writing down on paper everything that you've done." Yes. Right. Um, and we get through all the stuff that he's that he's that he's done, and, and we open up Word, and I start showing him how to, you know, interact. I mean, he never he never right. touched it. You never like, he never touched any of this stuff. That like, it, it's I mean that's a true accessibility issue. Yeah. Like you just forget. Like we are very lucky in the fact that like we've grown up and like, but there's there are people who haven't who just don't have it, right? Yes. And and so you know we worked, and I mean he we it probably it probably took us about an hour and a half to get everything done. And he came back a couple weeks later. And he got the job. You know, and and it's um, and that stuff happens every day. Yeah. In the Memphis Public Library system, you know, I mean, you know, people learning new skills and meeting new people, uh, and so I just think about you know, we we have the opportunity to 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 do to impact people in really really interesting ways and really powerful ways. No, that's I'm guys. I'm just like sitting here like that's that's amazing because yeah. you, when you think about libraries, 
you forget, right? Like yeah. stories like that. I feel like it's the stories that people need to hear. Yeah. Because yeah. without that, without you, what would have happened? Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? Where, would, who knows? where yeah. could he have gone? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that's like my first question in my mind. I'm like, if you needed help with like learning how to use a computer, setting up an email, like where do you go? And yeah. it's the library. The library is our answer. Um, and you were really a bridge to him, to his new Basically a new life for him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, yeah. a blessing to use your word like through and through. And it links really greatly into your talk because you talk about bridges being like such a beautiful thing. And you liken them to kind of our public spaces and parks and libraries and community centers. And I just love that comparison because they really are the connectors of places and people. And they just make an impact. Like you just gave an example. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you think that making things like that and the impact of accessible community spaces unfold, like, how do you see that continuing to make, like, a phenomenal impact in our city? Well, you know, I, I, you know, with CASIT, you know, we talked about all these really unique spaces that, that are mm -hmm. within, this, within the building, right? And, and, you know, we're now in the process of purchasing, um, you know, through the Civic Commons initiative and some you know, local tax dollars. Uh, and I like to say always, your, your, your local tax dollars help the library, right? And, um, and so we should always be advocating, you know, to ensure that these institutions have the resources they need. Uh, but, you know, we're purchasing all sorts of equipment, you know, things in automated you know, uh, in augmented reality, virtual reality, you know, we've got podcasting equipment, you know, yeah. we've got, you know, access to creative software, right? And all these things are absolutely free, right? And people will be able to come in and learn how to use these things to enhance their, you know, job opportunities or to even just learn new hobbies, right? And so I think about equity. I think about, you know, yes. who, get, who gets access to, to the, to the, uh, the things they need to be able to create, right? You know, we have, million percent. we have, um, we, we've got these three kind of private study spaces that are within there. Um, but we decided very early is that, you know, we were going to carve out one of those spaces. We're going to reserve one of those spaces for a part of the year and allow um, and kind of award it to a creative entrepreneur um, you know, kind of as, as in residence. Like, hey, yeah. you, you get this spot for a couple of months. You can work out of this space. You can, you know, host meetings out of this space. You can do whatever you'd like. Right. Um and so, you know, we're trying to just as we can, as as quickly as we can, to turn this place back over to the community. Right. Yeah. And you're, I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing a phenomenal job, and I can't wait for you to open back yeah. up, and so you can actually like see the impact of this work like yeah. come to fruition. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's like when you're very excited about something, and you're just like on the precipice, <laughs> but you haven't like jumped yet. Yeah, yeah. And so like that's what it feels like when you talk about to hear you talk about the library and all the innovations. It's like you're here, we're here, we're ready to jump. Yeah. We just need we're getting close. We need the world to settle. Yeah. So like <laughs> you can. Think, um, you did this cool thing in your talk where you put out two really incredible calls for the future of library programming Yeah, to call out people to contribute as much as they consume and to offer belonging instead of othering. Yeah. Um, and the danger that happens when one group of people decides another group is not worthy of a public space. Mm. Um, you really touched on that. How yeah. can people rise to the occasion to answer those calls? Well, um, you know, the first one, the second one in terms of, you know, offering belonging, mm -hmm. I think we have to realize, you know, the library is is this really cool space in in that any anybody's welcome. Right. Right. It doesn't matter what your degree is, or even if you have an education. It, you know, it doesn't matter where you slept last night. I mean, the place is 
truly open to everybody, you right. know, regardless of your political beliefs or religious, right? Um, and what that looks like on a very practical level is that particularly, you know, middle of the summer, middle of the winter, um, we may have individuals who are in, who are unhoused, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, sometimes we have our own perceptions and stereotypes around that, that, you know, we immediately want to say they're lazy right. or, you know, they're, you know, abusers, right? But it's so much more complex than that. You very know, there are people so. who are just kind of on the very edge of poverty, you know, who can't find a job that pays a living wage. Mm-hmm. There are people who are really struggling with mental, you know, issues, right? Um, the, the issues are a variety. And everybody's got a story and we can't assume we know it. You can't assume that you know it. Right. And you also can't assume that that'll never be you. Right. Right. Um, Or or your family member. Right. And and there's just a few decisions that separate, I mean, every human story. Like. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And so I think, you know, that we kind of, you know, one of the things that we've, I've been doing with, with staff is we're going through this process of hiring staff now. Yeah. Is. I bet that's a big undertaking. It is as well. definitely interesting. Um, I will say there's some really talented people in the city, man. It, it's I mean, insane the it, amount of talent that is, resides in the city. Crazy, like talented people in the city. Oh, goodness. Um, but you know, we try to set the tone with them to say, "Hey, you have to set the tone." Like when people are going to come in, they don't necessarily know what they're about to experience. They don't know what they're about to encounter. Yeah. But you know, and so you have to set the tone that let people know, "Hey." You're welcome in this space. Thank you so much for coming. Here, here's what's, what's about to happen. Like, there's some stuff going on today. There's some people over there. And it's, guess what? Everybody, this is a cool space. This is a welcoming space. Mm-hmm. This is an affirming space. Um, and, and so we kind of really have to set that tone, right? And so I think that's just always finding ways to offer belonging to people. Mm-hmm. And, and, as, and as a library staff, we have to, you know, have the types of programs and events that encourage that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love then, that you guys are taking the ownership on your end and also expecting it on the other end. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got this one interesting program called Civic Saturday, which is like uh, essentially a, uh, the civic equivalent, civic analog to a faith gathering, right? Okay. Where instead of, you know, faith and religion, we're talking about what does it mean to be a citizen, right? Regardless yeah. of what you what side of the aisle you're on, what does it mean to show up in your community, right? And we found that that's been really, really um, powerful way to bring people together. Uh, in terms of, you know, contributing just as much as you, as, 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 as you, as you, as you pull, um, you know, we have this uh, this friends group, right? Uh, the Friends of Cossett Library, mm-hmm. um, which offers a wonderful w- many ways to get involved. You know, maybe you've got a wonderful idea about programming. Uh, maybe there's something, you know, really interesting you'd like to see the library do. And um, so, you know, this kind of friends program will offer lots of really interesting ways for people to be able to get involved, right? I so, love that. Yeah. So, like, where can people find out information on those things and how they can, if they're inter- if people listening right now are interested in getting involved, supporting CASET, what are some ways they could do that? Yeah, I think the best place to go is the Memphis Public Library website right now, right? Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say, hey, the first thing you can do is get a library card, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a library, get a library card. card right? Get a library card. But, but, but we, we do have, you know, details that are there, uh, you know, right now, even as we get ready for opening, we are still doing some virtual programs and you can find out information about that perfect guys you heard it go to the Memphis Public Library (laughs) website see how you can get involved with CASIT help Schmeichel can you hear this man (laughs) he is a wonderful person and he is doing great work in our city and I will say you know I'm I'm so thankful for you all because something really interesting happened Um, after you all published the talk Uh on YouTube people all over the world started watching that Mm -hmm. um I can't tell you how many calls or, you know, DMs that I've gotten from Twitter from people who are in Australia, in Africa, Canada, China, 
who said, "Oh my goodness, this is amazing!" Yeah. Right? And one of and one of the that makes I, me feel so good. I'm so happy. And, and, <laughs> and it, it 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 really it really is powerful because it made me recognize just how important the work you all are doing with that with 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 that. I mean, you're amplifying the voice of Mythians in a way that I'm not even sure you all may understand. Right? There there there's an, there's an organization in Nigeria that hit me up maybe eight months after the talk. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, we recognize that you have all of this really cool stuff in your library, you know, this podcasting equipment and, you know, all this really expensive software. Um, but we need hotspots and some laptops yeah, so we can train our people, you know. And can you help us? Um, you know, we see what you all are doing there and we want to mimic that. And uh, just kind of as a personal project, this is not even work-related. I've right. been working with them uh, for the last few months. Um, and, and I'm so hoping cool. that around the middle of, uh, of 2021, we'll launch a program um, at, at one of the community libraries that they have there um, that will offer job training and workforce development and tech skills to people in and around their community who might have never had access otherwise. And that wouldn't not have happened. There's no way that yeah. happens without you all amplifying the message that I gave. I'm going to cry. Like, that's just, that's the wonderful thing I love about working at New Memphis yeah. is um, that's a key part of our mission yeah. is to uplift the voices and shine a light on the good that is happening in our community and the people leading that good work like you and like a lot of people we've had on this podcast that we highlight on the TED stage. Yeah. And so you're right. Like, oftentimes we get so ingrained in doing the work, yeah. like the results of the work that you just talked about are so overreaching, like even outside of Memphis. So like you've taken on this personal project and it's just, I don't know, it's inspiring to hear yeah, that yeah. we, as Memphis all together, like in collaboration instead of competition, right? Yeah. When yeah. we all come together and work, like Memphis is unstoppable, y'all. Like, Yeah. I mean, the, the talent here is amazing. The, the, the energy and the culture and just the grind. Yes. Um, and just the genius of this place, you know. And uh, and so, again, I, I'm, I'm thankful for for the opportunity you all gave me. Because I, I, I do, I really feel like, you know, we're going to launch this program. And we're kind of working to fund it now. Yeah. I, I say we. This is myself, really. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, having to refer to yourself as a team. <laughs> like I say we. Now, right? <laughs> you know, we're working to, you know, to, 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 to get some funding. So, you know, a small amount, you know, yeah. maybe around $10,000 to, you know, to get some laptops and, and to get some hotspots and to get access to some learning management software. And, you know, we've got to get some alternative power, you know, some generators and such, man. But, you know, I, I mean, cost, it feels great. And, and I know it's going to, it's going to be really amazing in this city, but I also recognize that we've got friends and brothers and sisters who are just a little ways across the water mm -hmm. who, um, we, we're going to be able to help also. And again, it's because of, of you all. There's still work to do, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, let people know how they can, if they want to support. I know you said you guys are working on fundraising for your personal endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever you want to give, like where people can find you, follow you, how they can help you. What Just give the people what they need to know. Yeah. I, so, you know, I said again, you know, memphislibrary.org. Yes. You know, you definitely want to go there. Check out all the cool Become things that are happening Become a friend of Cossett Library, Become a friend of Cossett Library. You can get all the information there. You can read about kind of the, our, our ethos, kind of what drives us mm -hmm. by going to civiccommons.us. Okay. Um, this is the national project. And then a little personal project, you know, with the libraries in Nigeria. I have a little a landing page right now. It's a bit.ly, B-I-T mm -hmm. dot L-Y slash libraries lead. 
Um, and you can go there and see kind of what I'm working on and uh, what, what I'm trying to do there. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will be sure to link all of this on our social media as well at ah, the New you. Memphis. Um, so you can find Michael's Endeavors much easier uh, if you're listening or driving to this and you're <laughs> like, I can't type all this down. <laughs> um, but we are also, I have a fun announcement. And since Michael's here, he can help me announce it. Oh, Drum cool. roll, please. We are officially on all major podcast networks. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, yes. So, Shamichael, you will actually be one of the first episodes, uh, the second, as a matter of fact, to premiere on um, Apple, Spotify, wherever all major podcasts are. You all are amazing. <laughs> y'all do really, really amazing work. Uh, uh, yeah. That feels very high praise coming from you, sir. So, <laughs> uh, since I am here alone today because of my faithful co-host, Animal Ellis, huh? had to go. I'm like, I will accept it on behalf Absorb. of New Memphis. <laughs> I'm going to leave here with like... A, my head is going to be like five sizes too big. Oh, yeah. um, but no, thank you so much for being here, Shamichael. You're thank such you. a delight of a human. And I am so happy that I was able to meet you today for the first time, like in person, and also just get to talk to you about the amazing things you've done in your TED Talk. And I'm just so excited to amplify your voice. Thanks so, for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, well, that about does it for this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. Again, I am Anna Mullins-Ellis with my teammate, Christy Mullen. We are from New Memphis, a local nonprofit that is working to make Memphis magnetic and to engage and develop great leaders in all corners of our city. Thank you for joining us. If you liked what you heard today or on any previous episode of the show, I encourage you to go to newmemphis.org. You can learn more about all of New Memphis's work and you will find invitations to a multitude of mostly free and virtual events. Um, we, of course, again, are working just across all different sectors to uh, engage leaders, develop leaders. So you'll find workshops uh, that are focused on those issues. But mostly you'll find events that will help you find ways to explore our city, to love Memphis, to get activated in Memphis. So if you are thinking like, how do I help make a difference in Memphis? How do I be a part of this momentum that we're always talking about? Um, hopefully, uh, being a part of Memphis will help you do that. And um, we have an event coming up very soon that I think uh, is right in that vein. So if, again, you found this content interesting, I encourage you to join us for our virtual Celebrate What's Right luncheon on February 23rd. That is from noon to one, um, and it is 100% free. So all you have to do is go to newmemphis.org, uh, RSVP uh, on this uh, through the sign-up link, and you'll get a link to join the webinar. Um, so this is something that we do. Every few months, we pull together a group of really interesting leaders uh, in a specific kind of category, and we lead a conversation around something that's making Memphis – um, that's it, moving Memphis forward, that is uh, sort of creatively um, uh, addressing city issues. So what we always say is, you know, what you pay attention to grows. So if if we make sure that we highlight and showcase and lift up those in our community who are doing great work, help connect them to people like you who might want to be a part of it, advocate for it, um, support that work. So for this particular uh, iteration, we have assembled a panel of local innovators to share why and how Memphis is leading the pack when it comes to cutting-edge ideas. So everything from technology, business development, uh, community development, uh, Memphians are really on the move. And as we are paving this new path, again, it's a it's a new year. It's a weird new year. So a good time to sort of step back and reflect on what we are doing just really uniquely well, where, again, we always are super proud when 
other cities across the country, uh, across the world, look to Memphis for best practice. So in this uh, conversation, we're going to talk to people who are paying it forward, pioneering for our city across sectors. So we have put together, I think, a really phenomenal panel of speakers. This is my favorite part. Yes. I mean, <laughs> these are just really uh, heavy hitters and people who I just personally, and I know Christy and the rest of our team, sort of idolize as just really um, – just, again, innovators, like people who yeah. just see things uh, – hey, I feel like I'm just like constantly spouting <laughs> bad metaphors. But like they see things out of the box. They're like breaking the mold. But truly, these are – Well, they're just people you look at and you're like, gosh, I want to be like that. Like I want to do all these ama- – like not to like take away from the things we do, but like they're just powerhouses in their own right. And it's just amazing to watch all the things they get to do for Memphis. It truly yeah, is and I, you know, incredible. They are, Part, often parts of organizations that I think are just sort of intentionally um, just creating a, a new path for how to do the things that we think we need to do as a city. So um, Nicholas, uh, I'm sorry, Nicole Thomas is going to be our moderator. She is the marketing and communications. She's a marketing and communications strategist, but she's also a community advocate, a philanthropist, and the founder of Nicholas Creative Group. So she is uh, very busy <laughs> doing lots of things. AKA, she has no free time, but yes, she's doing but this yeah, for us. I mean, again, I find that all all great innovators seem to just like be like, yeah, I do this, but I also do this and that and this and the side project and the side hustle. And I'm like, cool, I sleep more. Um, so Nicole is going to moderate a panel with Susan Dalton, who is the program manager at Innovate Memphis, which is just this amazing nonprofit that is their pure mission is just to like uh, solve problems in our city and do so with again like a sort of like brainstorm big sky mentality. Uh, Milton Howery the third, who is a director of public relations at Memphis Tourism, but is also the founder of Milton Memphis Entertainment, which is his own sort of remedy to not having like the access to build a network in Memphis. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to build the infrastructure mm-hmm. myself. So and his he's events, so lovely. Like he's, everyone wants to be a Milton's network. <laughs> he's the absolute best. And all of the events that his organization puts on are both like fun. You're going to meet people that you otherwise wouldn't have met, but you're also going to be like really impressed yeah. and intimidated by. Um, and then our good friend, Janie Rad, um, who is the director of analytics and hospital executive operations at Regional One Health. That is, again, that's like what she does for 40 hours <laughs> a week, Monday through Friday. Um, but she's also somebody who's just always tackling new endeavors and she's a facilitator a trainer a speaker a founder and co- and host of what's on your mind podcast she gave a ted talk last year that really blew us away so she um again is just um thinking big all the time and then the panel is rounded out by jessica tavo who's the interim ceo of epicenter which of course is the one-stop shop for all entrepreneurs in our community epicenter has not just engaged and supported local entrepreneurs, but I believe has encouraged and created new entrepreneurs and made Memphis truly an epicenter for entrepreneurial activity. So Jessica has recently ascended to that role. She is already hitting it out of the park. Um, and I know each of these folks is going to have some really fantastic insights to share. So do not miss it. Again, it's just an hour. It's free. It's virtual. You can do yes. it from your couch, your desk, your bed, wherever you happen to be. You can wear your stretchy pants. Uh, well, it's I the mean, dream. <laughs> name a time when I'm not wearing my stretchy <laughs> pants. But on February 23rd from noon to 1, uh, you can take part in this amazing conversation. 
um, beyond just listening in, uh, you'll have the opportunity to ask questions and engage and interact. So I hope you will go be a part. Go to newmemphis.org for more information and to RSVP. Well, Christy, before I officially end things for the day, <laughs> what else do our dear, dear listeners need to know on this precious week? Yes, guys, as always, I really hope you liked what you heard today. I invite you all to follow along with all things New Memphis by, you know, literally following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find us at the New Memphis. We share all the different ways you can get involved in your community, mentor opportunities, and just so much more. We celebrate our city constantly. So don't take my word for it. Head on over to our social channels and see for yourself. And again, that's at the New Memphis. Also, just a gentle, gentle reminder. As Anna said earlier, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we focus on developing, activating, and retaining the talent of our city, as well as celebrating those city worth moments, those things that we are doing amazingly in our community and the people who are leading those efforts. As such, we would really, really love it if you found it in your heart to send us some support financially. In your, um, wall, in your wallet, your heart, <laughs> your bank account. Yes. Wherever, wherever it lives. Wherever it lies. <laughs> just if you would like to, a dollar, five, ten, whatever you feel, um, you can, you know, just donate to us and help us keep on doing this work we do. And you can do that at newmemphis.org slash donate. And one last thing, if you are liking what you hear, you can actually call and leave us a voicemail, which I learned a couple weeks ago that we have access to a voicemail with WYXR. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like, have it's like 1999 up in here. Call that landline. <laughs> call our landline. Leave us. Uh, <laughs> our answering machine will pick up. Yes. You'll hear some smooth voice stylings, <laughs> probably of Jared, JB Boyd. And <laughs> But no, if you have like an idea for us that you want us to talk about, if you know a cool person doing cool things, one, you can email us at info at newmemphis.org. But two, you can also call 901-460-3031 and leave us a message and let us know what you want to hear, how we're doing. Tell us all the things. Yeah, like introduce us to people. My favorite part of my job is, you know, I've, I've lived in Memphis for, God, 20 years um, and have been working sort of in a role like this for 10 years. And I always think like, gosh, I know every great Memphian. Like, <laughs> I've just met them all. And that is not true. And you guys continue to say, you've got to check out this person. You've got to check out yes. this organization. You've got it. Like they're doing amazing things. So that is how we discover new people, new leaders, new organizations. So we ask for your help. Yes. And you could, like I said, you can call that number 901-460-3031, which I just said really fast, but you can find it on the WXYR website. Or you can also email us at info at newmemphis.org. Excellent. Well, we hope to hear from you. That does it for this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. Christy, I hope you have a great week. You too. Bye, guys. Bye, Memphis. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you in partnership with WYXR, produced by New Memphis and hosted by Anna Mullins Ellis and Christy Mullen. For more information, please visit newmemphis.org. Audio for this show is recorded and produced by the OAM Network. For more information, please visit pod901.com.